Chapter Eighteen of Mrs. Balfame by Gertrude Horn Atherton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Eighteen. Young Bruce had had no appetite for his part in the Balfame drama. He had presented himself at the back door, however, at eight o'clock on the night of the interview with the heroine, assuming that Frieda would be moving at her usual snail's pace from the day of work toward the evening of leisure. She slammed the door in his face. When he persisted, thrusting his cherubic countenance through the window, she threatened him with the hose. Neither failure daunted him, and he was convinced that she knew more of the case than she was willing to admit. But it was obvious that he was not the man to appeal to the fragment of heart she had brought from East Prussia. The mere fact that he looked rather German and yet was straight American, employed, moreover, by a newspaper that made no secret of its hostility to her country, satisfied him that he would not be permitted to approach her closely enough to attempt any form of persuasion. He drew the long breath of deliverance as he reached this conclusion. The bare idea that he might have to bestow a kiss upon Frieda in the heroic pursuit of duty had induced a sensation of nausea. He was an extremely fastidious young man, but even as he accepted defeat with mingled relief and chagrin, the brilliant alternative occurred to him. He had ascertained that Frieda was intimate in the home of Conrad Kraus, otherwise Old Dutch, of Dobton, the county seat. Conrad Jr. treated her as a brother should, and it was his habit to escort her home from the popular dance hall of Elsinore on Saturday nights. Bruce had no difficulty in learning that the young German-American had been dancing with his favourite partner when her dead nerve seemed to threaten explosion and had fraternally run home with her. The energetic reporter did not wait upon the next trolley for Dobton, but hired an automobile and descended in front of Old Dutch's saloon fifteen minutes later. Young Kraus was busy, and Bruce, after ordering beer and cheese and taking it to an occupied table, drew the information from a neighbour that Conrad Jr. would be on duty behind the bar until midnight. It was the habit of Papa Kraus to retire promptly on the stroke of nine and take his entire family, save Conrad, with him. The eldest of the united family continued to assuage the thirst of the neighbourhood until twelve o'clock, when he shut up the front of the house and went to bed in the rear as quickly as possible. He must rise betimes, and clerk in the leading grocery store of the town. He was only twenty-two, but thrifty and hard-working and anxious to marry. Bruce caught the next train for New York, had a brief talk with his city editor, and returned to Dobton a few moments before the closing hour of the saloon. He hung about the bar until the opportunity came to speak to Conrad unheard. "'I want a word with you as soon as you have shut up,' he said without preamble. The young German scowled at the reporter. Although a native son of Dobton, he resented the attitude of the American press as deeply as his irascible old father, and he still more deeply resented the suspicion that had hovered for a moment over the house of Kraus. "'Don't get mad till you hear what I've got to say,' whispered Bruce. "'There may be a cool five hundred in it for you.' Conrad glanced at the clock. It was five minutes to twelve. He stood as immobile as his duties would permit until the stroke of midnight, when he turned out the last reluctant patron, 
locked the door and followed the reporter down the still illuminated street to a dark avenue in the residence quarter then the two fell into step now what is it growled conrad who did not like to have his habits disturbed i get up that's all right i won't keep you fifteen minutes i want you to tell me all you know about the night of the balfame murder he had taken the young german's arm and felt it stiffen i know nothing was the reply oh yes you do you took frieda home and got there some little time before the shooting you went in the side entrance to the back yard but you could see the grove all right it was a black dark night i could see nothing in the grove ah you saw something else you have been afraid to speak out as there has been talk of your father having employed gunmen such lies shrieked young kraus of course i know that so does the press that was a wild dream of the police but all the same you thought it wouldn't be a bad idea to keep clear of the whole business that is true don't attempt to deny it you saw something that would put the law on the right track now what was it there are five hundred dollars waiting for you if you will tell the truth i don't want anything but the truth mind you i don't represent a paper that pays for lies so your honor is quite safe so also are you conrad ruminated for a few moments he was literal and honest and wanted to be quite positive that he was not asked to do something which would make him feel uncomfortable while investing those desirable five hundred dollars in west elsinore town lots and could reassure himself that the truth was always right whether commercially valuable or not he balanced the pros and cons so long that bruce was about to break out impatiently just as he made up his mind yes i saw something but i wished to say nothing they might say that i was in it or that i lied to protect frieda that's all right there's no possible connection between her and balfame conrad went on exactly as if the reporter had not interrupted i had seen frieda through the back door she was crying with the toothache and i heard her run upstairs i thought i would wait a few moments the drop she said she had might not cure her and she might want me to go to the dentist's house with her she had gone in the back hall door suddenly i saw the kitchen door open and as i was starting forward i saw that it was not frieda who came out it was mrs balfame she closed the door behind her and then crept past me to the back of the kitchen yard i watched her and saw her turn suddenly and walk toward the grove she did not make a particle of noise how do you know it was not frieda frieda is five feet three and this was a tall woman taller than i and i am five eight i have seen mrs balfame many times and though i couldn't see her face she had a dark veil or scarf round it i knew her height and walk of course i watched to see what she was up to a few moments later i heard balfame turn in from dorbarn street singing like the fool he was tipperary and then i heard a shot i guessed that balfame had got what was coming to him and i didn't wait to see i tiptoed for a minute or two and then ran through the next four places at the back and then out toward balfame street for the trolley but frieda heard mrs balfame when she came in she was all out of breath and when she heard a sound on the stairs called out before she thought i guess and asked frieda if she had heard anything 
but frida is very cautious she had heard the shot but she froze stiff against the wall when she heard mrs balfame's voice and said nothing we told her afterwards that she had better keep quiet for the present and do you think mrs balfame did it who else i shall not be sorry if she goes to the chair for a woman should always be punished the limit for killing a man even such a man as balfame no fear of that but we'll have a dandy case you tell that story to the grand jury tomorrow and you get your five hundred before night now you must come and get me a word with frida she won't look at me and of course she is in bed anyhow but i must tell her there are a couple of hundred in this for her if she comes through but she'll get arrested for perjury she testified at the coroner's inquest that she knew nothing an abscess tooth will explain her reticence on any other subject perhaps i should tell you that she came to see us tonight last night is it not now and told my papa that lawyer rush had frightened her told her that she might be accused of the killing that she had better get out but papa advised her to go home and fear nothing where there was nothing to fear he knew that if she ran away he would be suspected again the girl being intimate in the family and of course the police would be hot on her trail for once so like the good sensible girl she is she took the advice and went home all right come along i'm not on the morning paper but i promised the story to the boys if i could get it in time he hired another automobile and they left it at the corner of Dorbarn and Orchard Streets, entering the Balfame place by the tradesman's gate on the left, and creeping to the rear of the house. The lane behind the four acres of the little estate was full of ruts, and too far away from the house for adventuring on a dark night. They had been halted by the detective on watch, but when their errand was hastily explained, he joined forces with them, and even climbed a lean-to in the endeavour to rouse Miss Appel, from her young and virtuous slumbers their combined efforts covered three hours and that explains why the tremendous news story appeared in the early edition of the afternoon papers instead of wetting several million morning appetites the interview with frida who became very wide awake when the unseemly intrusion was elucidated by the trustworthy conrad and bargained for five hundred dollars explains why mrs balfame spent thursday night in the county jail behind Dobton Courthouse. End of chapter 18